All right. Well, hello, everyone. We're back for another episode of our weekly sermon chat podcast. I'm here with Pastor Steve. Hi, Kelly. Who, Good to see hi, you. Hi, Steve. Good to see you, too. Long time no see. I know. Hardly ever <laughs> see you. It's yeah. weird. Yep. Yeah, strange. <laughs> all right. So your sermon on Sunday was titled, It's All About Jesus Still. That's correct. Yes. And we talked about... Um, divisions in the early church, divisions in the church now, and mm -hmm. um, yeah. making the main thing the main thing. So we're yeah. going to talk about that a little bit more today. That sounds great. Um, looking forward to it. I thought the sermon on Sunday was a good reminder for all of us, especially in the context and climate, as we've seen in the last few years, where the Christian church is... Perhaps, maybe, <laughs> more divided, at least here in America, than we've ever seen it. So, yeah, yeah I'm looking right. forward to our discussion today. Great. Me too. So, first of all, before we get into all of that, though, we had a little discussion last week, you and Brandon did, yep. about the idea of what do you call those carbonated drinks that we all know and love. So yeah, that's right. uh, whether you call it pop or soda or Coke, um, or yeah. we even added another one this week as we were talking about it, uh, soda pop. Yeah, so that was, I think, <laughs> uh, a, uh, bringing a compound word, I guess, bringing together of both soda and pop. So uh, A, I think... Um, so you don't offend anybody. And B, it's for those who grew up both on the West Coast and on the East. Right, right. <laughs> and and I, so I forget, I, I was, I grew up with soda. And then okay. um, my, my family in Wyoming, Sheridan, that's where my family's from. Well, um, you know, note. And uh, they always called the carbonated beverage a pop, which is more Midwestern, mm -hmm. I suppose. And then uh, we had another option, didn't we? So soda pop, Coke. pop, or Coke. Oh, yeah. We were talking about uh, top of mind awareness. And so, yeah, yes. Coke. Right. right. So how did people respond well, to the, our, our um, impromptu yeah. survey? We have a total of four responses. A whole four people. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So two went with pop and two went with soda. Oh, man. Yep. <laughs> That's totally inconclusive. So it, so it doesn't really help us much at all. Yeah, Although we didn't get anybody that said Coke. Yeah. So, well, still, I don't know. Oh, that cracks me up. Okay. So <laughs> friends out there in uh, sermon chat land, those of you who are listening on our podcast or on uh, watching on YouTube, please do just shoot a quick note to us yep. that uh, tells us how you grew up referring to those beverages with uh, carbonation. And we have added soda pop. So there's four. Soda pop, pop, soda, and Coke. Yes. Looking forward to hearing from you. This is very important. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. It could yeah. change the world. Yeah. All right. Well, we do have uh, just a few questions this week for yeah, good. you to um, answer for us yeah, it today. Yeah, seems like people are starting to get the hang of this thing. Yeah. And so um, we've, we're starting to hear from you folks. And again, a, great. another encouragement to send in. Um, gosh, there's so many ways they can do that. They yep. can do that on uh, through the grapevine, 
our website. What else? Yep. You can even call them. Yellow. Stop by. Yellow slip. On, their, on your little yellow slip at worship when you're sitting in there listening to the sermon, you can write it on there and the drop it in the box yeah, as you leave. That's great. Church app. All Just those good things. Give us a call. Whatever. Yeah. So, so thanks, yep. folks. Keep those questions coming. Right. All right. What do we have? All right. So there was a little bit of confusion mm. on Sunday morning yeah. uh, in our sermon notes and the things that were on the slide and on our little so only weekly little sermon of, notes. Only a little, little bit of confusion. A little so. bit of confusion. So that's, uh, I, I think we're making headway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had the same text mm, printed yes. for Hebrews 13, verse 17, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13. Yeah, that was my fault. I just messed up on the copy and paste. So it was, <laughs> well, there were a couple of us that missed it in proofreading yeah, too, but yeah. <laughs> you I know, just, I, you know, um, so I just, when I copied and pasted onto the um, sermon outline, I just uh, somehow had the Hebrews text still um, on my clipboard. Right. So just put the same text back in there. And yes. so um, mea culpa. Sorry. So, so it wasn't an, an identical verse between the two different no, the concepts, uh, letters the or books. concepts are the same in Hebrews yep. and uh, Thessalonians. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So we, we did have one question about that sure. that yeah. came through this week. And, yeah. and the person looked up both passages and, and, and basically said the same thing you just said, that yeah. the, the sense was the same in each verse, but the language is pretty different. And he just wanted to make sure that we weren't having a, an issue with our, with our scripture mm. uh, text that we were using. So. Yeah, I read that question and it was excellent. First, um, how great is it that somebody went home and actually right? went to other versions of Scripture? To That's what I thought too. What the Bible actually said instead of um, what I'm making up in front. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, and it served as a good reminder, I think, for all of us. Let's keep our Bibles handy. Yes. Yeah. We do make mistakes. Um, and then there are those that just um, misuse Scripture. Right. And um, we, we, need to be paying attention. So first, uh, I want to encourage uh, all of us to be like the Bereans who are lifted up in the book of Acts as those who examine the scriptures. Um, Paul preached in Berea, and um, the Bereans even questioned the Apostle Paul in his use of the text, in his use of scripture. So um, we must be doing that. Number two, um, yeah, this was just a snafu on our part. Right. So different translations of the Bible provide um, a different, um, they bring out different aspects of meaning. And so though the concepts are the same, they're not, the words that are used are not the same in tra- from translation to translation mm-hmm. in many cases. And that's okay. I mean, interpreting from the original text is really a, a, a combination of science and art and it's important work so mm-hmm. no i we use the niv here it's in my opinion um the the most accurate in translation though it may not be the most literal right but when you're <clears throat> talking about meaning i think the niv and, and there's a whole panel of people there's a there's a committee of theologians mm-hmm. uh, biblical scholars language scholars who get together on the NIV committee and and work this 
interpretation and bringing out meaning of a certain text from the original language. And they've done an excellent job. I'm an NIV fan. Uh, if you use another translation, that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, there are more literal translations um, that don't really concern themselves with meaning. They just want to translate the word the most literally as, um, as uh, they can. There sure. are other translations that... So Greek word or order is very difficult. It, it is. It doesn't follow the... You know, <laughs> yeah, you've studied it Greek is, too. It is, yes. And so uh, some don't even change the order. So yeah. if we're talking about a, a literal translation, typically those aren't the most readable, nor right. are they the most accurate interpretation of the original writer. That's what we're trying to get at. So when sure. people say, well, I, I, I have a literal translation or... I uh, literally um, interpret the Bible. It's a little bit of a misnomer there because uh, language is not to be translated nor accepted in off in most cases as um, literally as word order and the exact word. The meaning is important. That's yeah. what I'm trying to right. say. Okay. Right. That took a long yeah. time for me to say that. that thing. <laughs> that's okay. Thank <laughs> but you. I am a pastor. <laughs> it's, I, I always think it's it's interesting to look through different translations for some passages yeah. just to see the differences there. And sometimes right. it helps make it a little bit easier to understand if you're having a hard time with it. I think to that's look the at key. other translations. And I so think that's the key. you know, it's not we, a bad idea. Like I like I said on Sunday with the inductive Bible study methodology I use to interpret the passage. It's mm -hmm. important to know what the original author intended and how the original recipients received the word right. and then how they would uh, apply it. And that's, that's I think, as important, if not more so, mm -hmm. than getting the words and the word order exactly as it's written in the original sure. text. Yeah, sure. All right. That's my bias. Okay. I'm sticking with it. It's great. <laughs> Good. So great All question. Right. Great biblical work. Yes. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, it was a snafu and it's my yep. fault. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. All right. What do we have next? All right. Well, first, I just want to say I really liked that you shared um, the inductive study process oh, in yeah, this sermon. You. I thought that was great. It's always yeah. um, nice to have other ways uh, maybe of doing Bible study. And so to mm -hmm. actually share that with us um, as we listen to your sermon on Sunday, I thought was really great. Well, I appreciate really that. Really a nice way to... Yeah. And I, and I try to vary my style from time to time. I mean, uh, by far I use a verse-by-verse -verse method. I think mm -hmm. most of us do. Um, and, but the inductive study method, even preaching from a, a narrative style. So I try to vary the style a little bit because um, it's important to know, I think, all, all, and listen to a whole host of um, differing um, processes when it comes mm -hmm. to Scripture. So right. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. All right, so here's another question that came in this week. Yeah. Um, our questioner writes, that was a really great sermon, in spite of the fact that I missed kickoff for the playoff games. <laughs> but hey, you had your priorities straight there. Yes, I, I was going to say, <laughs> good, good choice on priorities. Whoever wrote this, yep. and I know who you are. <laughs> 
All right. So the question is, um, you did a, you did a great job explaining the need for unity and for the church to keep the main thing the the main thing. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone if they had friends who are in a church that is promoting mm-hmm. unity around non biblical teaching? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I just want to kind of process this. One yeah, that's a that's kind of a big question. It is. Yeah. Well, first first off, I would say that when when any preacher or church approaches scripture and any follower of Christ approaches scripture, we, we must do so uh, in humility and really recognizing that this is a, a very, I think, sacred and holy work. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be careful to make sure first my attitude and motivation is right if I were going to approach friends to have a discussion regarding their church and, and namely their pastor. Mm-hmm. And I, I would make sure then having prepared myself, and I think we could do that through prayer. I think we could do that through um, you know, seeking wise counsel, talking mm-hmm. with somebody else who's uh, in in your inner circle that, that you've given permission to speak into your life, uh, speaking to your own pastor, about you sure. know is my yeah. what, is my perception right here what am, what am I missing and then I would say in love speak the truth that's what mm-hmm. Paul says to the church at Ephesus speak the truth in love and um, so I would be really then deliberate about not offending the preacher and I, I would say you know I would uh, broaden my critique, if you will, and say, um, sounds to me like this church is moving in a direction away from scripture. And here's what I think about that. And here's mm-hmm. what the Bible encourages <clears throat> us to do. Uh, I, I would even, and I don't want to use the Bible to browbeat. I don't think that ever is a good strategy. However, there are some great stories in scripture that remind us to be to pay attention to that which is preached. Mm-hmm. I've already mentioned the church at Berea. Right. I, you know, I'm missing the address in my head because I can't remember a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you become of an age and then everything goes away. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, you know, just look up uh, Berean church or Paul and Berea. And, and then um, just with humility and love, I would say a, a approach those friends of yours mm-hmm. and say, you know, scripture is really important and the church is to be centered on scripture. And, you know, I, I've listened to this sermon or a couple of sermons and, um, and I'm, I have concerns for you. Sure. Yeah. I think then another strategy there. So, like any good preacher, I need three points, right? I'm, yep. I'm, I'm okay. at two. Okay. So humility, <laughs> love. The third is curiosity. 
So oh, yeah, instead that's of a good approaching one. with kind of a defensive stand, like, hey, you know, our church doesn't do this, mm-hmm. or, you know, even an offensive stand, why is your church doing this? Ask questions. Yeah. So I, I listened to this sermon, or you sent me this podcast of your pastor, or uh, you were, we talked about this is what your pastor spoke of on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Say, um, this take a, a curious approach. Um, you know, help me understand where um, this is found in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Help me help me understand where I can learn more about this in Scripture. Right. Yeah. Um, as a question, does the rest of the Bible teach this, or have you considered? differing views that's good i think taking a position of humility and love and then curiosity really opens the doors to approaching someone that's not threatening Mm -hmm. and we certainly don't want to be threatening in that situation right right so if you do those three things i think you'll be in good stead and again talk to somebody to make sure you're in the right place and you have the right understanding of things yeah Great question. So there's there's really a, a matter of discernment in yeah. all of that too. Mm-hmm. So and staying in our Bible and really praying and totally all of that will help with that discernment. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Because frankly, it's really easy these days to find churches who are preaching something that's not biblically based, mm-hmm. even though they're using scripture to do it. Yeah. You know. And I'm not going to, I've got to be careful here because I don't want to equate these churches with Satan. But we must keep in mind that when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness Mm -hmm. three times, every time Satan used scripture. And the third time really is when Satan came back and and said, uh, is that what God said? It's mm-hmm. interesting, mm-hmm. It's, you know, and, and in the garden, yeah, Satan used scripture. Sure, Eve said, "We're not supposed to eat of this tree." Paraphrase, and the serpent said, "Is that what God said?" <laughs> so anyway, uh, just put that little bit of doubt right. in there. So, so scripture um, can be misused as well, right? So it could it could be that even the the pastor's well meaning mm-hmm. um, just is in a place maybe that maybe they haven't been trained. I mean, one of the things I really like about the Lutheran church is that we highly emphasize education of our clergy. Sure. And I think that that's super important. Now it's been overplayed throughout the years, you know, that happens, but we educate our clergy because they're the ones who are making proclamation of, of scripture and not every denomination requires the rigor Mm-hmm. for their clergy yeah most well, most most don't and i don't know about you but i find that to be a pretty heavy responsibility right oh my to gosh. be sharing god's word and right and proclaiming it and and mm-hmm. you know i want to make sure when i'm doing it that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'm saying things right. the way god wants them said so it's yeah and education a, doesn't assure that right it sure right it sure it gives a us bit. a unique opportunity. It's a blessed opportunity to at least 
get the foundational work that's necessary to do this really holy and sacred work that is preaching. Sure. Yeah. Good question. Okay, so yeah, now know. that There's... we've had that little bit of serious talk there, here's a here's a little bit of a less serious question for you. Okay, I'm ready for less serious. All right, so this one says, so mm. since it's the playoffs now yep. for those good teams not named Seahawks or Broncos, <laughs> can you demonstrate <laughs> your best touchdown I, I, dance for everyone? I, I'm kind of thinking I'd like to see this. Yeah, I bet you would. And no, <laughs> the answer is no, I cannot. No. Okay. I, I sort of uh, had I'm a feeling that would be very serious uh, about uh, my touchdown dance. <laughs> and I am, I will, I'm, I'm not an um, organ grinder monkey. <laughs> so you can play your organ all you want, but I'm not going to do the touchdown dance unless it's a true deal because it's, all right. it's contrived, it's inauthentic, and that's not me. All right. Um, so if and, we want to see that, we have to like we have be to watching watch a game with you together. together. Okay. And then, and you're welcome. I would love to watch a game with you. <laughs> Then, yes, I will demonstrate that Seahawks dance. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think this person tipped their hand, however. You think? Well, maybe maybe uh, just a wee little bit. We know now that they're either a Seahawks or a Broncos fan. Right, right. And there are those who have worn Broncos gear to church. This is true. This is all I'm saying. This is true. All right. Well, let's move on then. I would like to move on. Thank you. <laughs> okay. okay, so this uh, question, um, a little more serious, has to do with discernment again. So the question starts, there's actually several questions here, Good. but I'll just read the whole thing and then we'll go through it Oh boy. bit by bit. How's that? Did I tell you about my memory? <laughs> I'm here to help you. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. So, <laughs> Appreciate so discernment is mm. not the same thing as being divisive, is it? Mm. When Christians differ in what they believe, and it does not seem to be a salvation issue, mm -hmm. is leaving that church being divisive? Mm. Or... Should they remain in fellowship and discussion? Mm. I'm thinking your answer would be in how the differences are handled or resolved as long as it is done in love. Mm. Great questions. Yes. So discernment, discernment and divisiveness. And divisiveness. And our... our questionnaire mm -hmm. uh, believe those to be different yes she's it the question is yes. discernment is not the same as being divisive that's is correct it? that's correct. correct so um to be divisive means that you um you actually divide mm -hmm. you do the things which divide so you i would say you say or you act divisively mm -hmm. um, let's take our text from first Corinthians on Sunday the problem was people were saying I am of Paul I am of Apollos I am of Cephas right that's divisive now they may discern that uh, Paul handles the scriptures better than Apollos or 
better than Peter or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that may be true. Uh, or, most better said, they probably handled the scriptures uh, equally well, just differently. Right. But let's say, yeah. for instance, um, Paul was preaching uh, to the church at Corinth and somebody else was preaching, let's say a false teacher. Mm -hmm. We're not going to put that on Apollos or Cephas, but somebody else was teaching uh, something that wasn't scriptural, like our previous question. Sure. And you discern by study and uh, examining the scriptures yourself, probably asking some other trusted, um, knowledgeable Christians that, hey, wait a minute, this isn't right. This teaching is not biblical. Um, and then you begin to act in such a way within the church. So you, you start to talk poorly of, of this person or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably an inappropriate way to handle it. That brings division. An appropriate way to handle something like that is, and it's we've seen it today mm -hmm. in our first question, and that is first, ask for clarification from the one that is teaching. What, what do you mean by that? Right. Because it may be they, um, they, they didn't mean, there, maybe there was miscommunication. Maybe they said it wrong. Maybe you perceived it wrong. Probably a combination of the two things. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you're on the same page in terms of um, what that particular doctrine or issue is. And then I would say, if there is a problem, you have to go to Matthew 18 and verse 15 and handle it biblically. And that is go to the person directly and say, I think this is a little bit off. Um, and here's why. Yeah. If the person hears you, um, then great. If they don't, uh, Matthew 18 says, bring somebody else with you. Now, this, this would mean that the other person would also understand that um, the teaching is false. Right? right. That's right. the process of right. discernment. Yes. And then so you bring a, a second person say, I think this teaching is off. Let, let's say, for instance, someone's teaching that Christ is not fully divine, that he's uh, somewhat less than God. Still mm -hmm. a God, but mm -hmm. not God himself. So you take a second person and you say, here's the Nicene Creed. We generally accept this as Orthodox Christian teaching. Mm -hmm. That's appropriate. Um, and then, and then it says you go with a group of people and in the church, that would be a group of leaders. So in our context, that's where the congregation council would get together and determine, okay, what's going on here? Is this false doctrine? And, um, do we need to go and speak to it? So discernment, good. Mm -hmm. I think, um, correction, good. But division is something else altogether. Division would go this way. Uh, you, you hear something that you think is false teaching, but you don't confirm it. Mm -hmm. You don't follow up. You don't do your own study. You don't seek wise counsel and guidance, number one. Number two, you don't use Matthew eighteen fifteen. You start uh, talking amongst the uh, congregation. Uh, did you hear you know, pastor said this, or a Bible study teacher said this, or, um, and so you begin to gossip. Now you're starting down a road that is 
inappropriate and unhealthy. Right. That's divisiveness. Right. So the, the question, you know, do we just leave the church? I don't think so. Not right at first. Yeah. I think there's an appropriate, appropriate way to discern false teaching in this case um, and then handle it mm-hmm. uh, in a healthy way. Matthew right. 18, Matthew 15. 18. Mm-hmm. Um, if at that point, you know, let, let's say the, the church leadership says, yeah, you know what? We pretty much believe that Jesus wasn't God. Then you leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then you find another church. So there's a, there's, a, there's a healthy process by which to use discernment in a healthy way mm-hmm. that doesn't lead to division right. in the church. Right. Great. That's, that's the best I got. <laughs> I think that's great. And, the, and it, I think you're right. You have to do a little bit of, of work there yourself. Yeah first right and that and honestly in my you know i i have um now over 30 years in mm-hmm. um full-time vocational ministry in the church in the lutheran church and there have been times that there there people um disagree with um the way we handle scripture right um you know that there are people who have different understanding of of baptism than mm-hmm. we do I've had people come to me and say, well, you talk about infant baptism and that's what you espouse. And so I, from a biblical perspective, say, yes, here's what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, we don't come to agreement. They're, um, they're right in their understanding of baptism from um, what would be called believer baptism. And I'm right in my understanding of baptism, <laughs> sure. in infant baptism. We can both go to the scriptures and say, the text tells us this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had people say, well, we can't worship here if we don't have this in common. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. There are churches that are great biblical teaching churches that espouse the kingdom, that agree on believer baptism, and don't practice infant baptism. That's why I think... There, there is a, a, an importance to uh, diversity. That's mm-hmm. what I, I preached on Sunday. We have to be diverse. There, there. I mean, even even the role. You know this. You come up against this. Even the role of women in ministry mm-hmm. um, throughout American global, in fact, uh, Christendom is still a debated topic. Right. Well. We believe, and so do most others these days, that um, the Bible does advocate and provide a place for and encourages women into ministry, mm-hmm. including ordination. Not everybody believes that, even in the Lutheran Church. Right. Um, yeah. We have we have those different synods I mentioned: Wisconsin mm-hmm. Synod, Missouri Synod. Mm-hmm. They don't ordain women as clergy. Um, the LCA does. The LCMC does mm-hmm. and, and others so diversity is good when it when we move into diversity being division we have to do something different yeah and at the end of the day sometimes we have that means agreeing to disagree and what i mean by that is not compromise mm-hmm. but saying you believe what you believe i believe what i believe and um either that will be in fellowship or it won't be in fellowship in the local church. 
-hmm. Now, remember, we're in fellowship with the global church, with all Nicene and Apostles' Creed, even at Athanasian Creed, professing churches. All right, that's a long answer. Again. So, let, <laughs> so let's bring this back around let's to back your around. your plaque that you had as a it's prop about Jesus, in the though. sermon yes, on right. Sunday, and and keeping the main thing the main thing. Right. So when we have some of those arguments, like yeah. differences in uh, how baptism is done or when sure. baptism is done, yep. that kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. what's what's the main thing there? That the Bible says um, that we are to be baptized. Mm -hmm. And um, when that happens, how much water is present, um, who does that baptism, that's not the main thing. Mm -hmm. The main thing is that Jesus said in the Great Commission, mm -hmm. go therefore and baptize. We have to be doing the work of baptism. So um, Luther and others use the Latin um, adi opera. Adi opera, yeah. It means lesser things. Again, baptism, a main thing. It mm -hmm. was taught by Jesus. It's a, it's a, it's a have to. How baptism happens, when it happens, where it happens, all that other stuff. Those are lesser things. Mm -hmm. Because we see it happening in Scripture, all different kinds of yeah, ways. Yeah, we do, right. Um, whole households were baptized. Mm -hmm. Well, are we to say only, you know, that doesn't mean children under the age of accountability? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. Does that mean in those households there, were, there was nobody under the age of 12 or whatever? <laughs> I, I wouldn't you know, think whatever so. Whatever that age is. That we, that, that, by the way, that... Um, that, that's a that's a prescription that 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 we put on baptism. Mm -hmm. This age of accountability, the Bible doesn't talk about that. Yeah. So now all of a sudden we're arbitrarily saying uh, this is the age, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't think that's biblical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I better we better Great. move on before yes. I get myself in trouble. Well, that's all of our, that's all the questions that were submitted for us this oh, week. Um, yeah, great. Was there anything as you were Ooh. preparing your sermon that you yeah. uh, left on the cutting room floor for this one? Oh, everything. Yeah, lots of stuff. Um, what Was there any one thing in particular yeah, that no. you wish you could have brought up? No. no. This was one of those sermons that I felt um, was... Yeah, and, and also using the inductive study methodology mm -hmm. that I thought was pretty straightforward. Yeah. And there wasn't a whole lot of ambiguity there. So That's great. Yeah, a few little things. But in the end, I, I feel like um, the, the, the main point mm -hmm. was made. And I hope that's the case. And the question seems... The questions we've received seem to give evidence to that. Yeah, I would so say so too. I, I think I would say in conclusion, let's make ourselves and ask God to make the church in America and worldwide all about Jesus. Yeah. Because yep. that's the way it has been <laughs> and is and yeah. must continue to be. Right. I think we're in good space there then. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, can I pray for us as yeah, we let's pray close as we up yeah, today? Thanks, and 
then we'll be back again next week. Yeah, looking forward to that. All right, well, let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you. Thank you for um, this time that we have together. Thank you for these questions from our congregation um, that, that people are really taking the time to think through some of these things and, mm-hmm. and ask for clarification. It's great. And God, it's a, a wonderful opportunity to be able to, um, to share a little bit more and to, to help answer those questions. God, I pray that you would help each of us uh, as we continue in our, our journey and our lives with you that we would um, be discerning and that you would help us in that process so that we could know um, the truth and keep our focus on the main thing um, and remember that it really is all about Jesus. So, God, we just uh, thank you again for this time together and ask for your blessing on all those who are listening and give thanks and glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, thanks, Kelly. Enjoy being yeah. together. Thank you, yeah. too. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, folks. We'll see you next week. God bless you.